Welcome to the IT Career Energizer podcast. For anyone who wants to build and grow a career in IT, develop and improve your strengths and skills, be inspired and motivated by the successes of others, manage your career progression, and achieve your IT career goals. And now, your host, Phil Burgess. Welcome to episode 322 of the IT Career Energizer podcast. My guest on today's show graduated from a front-end boot camp in summer 2019 and is currently the front-end engineering lead at Pastel. She's passionate about bringing the technical and visual aspects of digital products to life and cares deeply about the user experience, beautiful pixels, and writing clean, accessible code. Her goal is to become exceptional at front-end built on strong foundational UX concepts. She is also very active in the tech and design community. So it's my pleasure to welcome to the podcast, Annie Liu. Hi, Phil. It's a pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me on. Hi, Annie. So obviously that was very much a summary intro. Could you maybe tell us a little bit about what you're currently doing as front-end engineering lead? Yep, definitely. So as you mentioned, I graduated in summer 2019, and I'm currently the front-end engineering lead at Pastel. And what's really cool about Pastel is that it solves the arduous problem of getting feedback from clients and teammates on digital assets like websites and traditional design. Now, this is something that's super useful for a lot of design and development companies, and I've actually used this app in my own freelance design business. So it's been really, it's been a really cool and rewarding experience to be able to build and shape a product that I personally use. So I'm one of two engineers on the team. So it's just me and my CTO. So I have a lot of um, high level kind of duties, but most of the work that I do is building features for the app and improving the UI and UX and solving problems like that. Right. Okay. That's interesting. So as a user yourself, it's it's quite interesting because you obviously have that sort of user experience to be able to draw upon when you're you're devi- or defining or creating and developing new features. So definitely. do you feel that provides a different dynamic in the way you work? Yeah, definitely. So it's one thing to actually build something for users that when you're not actually using the app, but if you're using the app yourself, I feel like you actually end up noticing a lot of different things that you don't um, notice when you're literally just building it. And a really good example was um, one of the things that I implemented a few months ago was a filter feature. And, you know, I went through, built the whole thing, it launched, and then I had to actually use it. And I thought, hey, this part here right here isn't as smooth as it could be, I think we could change it a bit because I was actually using it, um, not just testing it. So we were able to iterate on that really quickly and make a few changes. And that's been a really valuable experience, I think. When you're somebody who is building an app that you personally use, it's definitely a lot more of a different and valuable experience that you can bring into the app as you're developing. Exactly. So, And and obviously, you've got that more I suppose, personal involvement as well, because you are a user. Yeah, if I see a bug, I'm going to fix it. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Absolutely right. And in terms of obviously um, getting feedback generally from other users, is, do you have a process for doing that? So we're a pretty small company right now. There's only five of us in total. 
But one of the, there's a few different ways we go about getting feedback. Um, one of the ways is that we use a, we track user data and user usage through an app called Mixpanel. So we're able to get feedback on how users are actually using different parts of the application. So as an example, one of the things that early on that the founders found that users were doing was that they were commenting on a lot of um, basically copy changes. So change this copy to that. And when they had that data point, they were able to then implement a feature that allows customers to basically um, to basically change the change and edit the app the copy directly on the website and it made yep. that feedback process so much easier for them so that's absolutely yeah so mixed panel um so observing user usage on the app is one way but we also use flags in our application where we're able to basically release limited features to some people and we have a early adopters group that we ask for you know to get some early feedback on any features before they go wide before they go live to the greater um the yeah. greater um user group uh, so that's the second way and the third way is that we do have a chat where users can directly get um, provide feedback and request features as well Good. Oh, excellent. So that's really good to hear that you have different mechanisms for doing that. Cool. Mm-hmm. Right. Oh, Annie, can you share with us a career tip, one that the audience may not be aware of and perhaps should be? Yeah, I think something that's been very useful um, is the ability to focus and go deep. And I think this can be applied to any career where you have to actually learn a skill. Like learning skills take time and honing your ability to do deep work can really pay dividends. I think it helps to think of your skills and abilities as your career capital. They're valuable, tangible assets that you can trade for things like salary and a great work environment and, you know, other things that make your life a lot more meaningful. So I think my nine weeks at the front end bootcamp was a real testimonial to focus. We had a roadmap provided by the school of skills that we needed to learn. And every day, including weekends, I was completely immersed and dedicated um, to learning as much as I could. So those skills really accumulated quite fast. I wasn't on social media back then, so I didn't have those distractions. And I know it can be a real privilege in a world of you know distractions and responsibilities, but to be able to really get into the zone, even for just an hour a day, can really help you make ins- incredible strides in building up your valuable career capital. Yeah, absolutely. Um- so in, in terms of your involvement with design, is that part of what you do now? Yeah. So we have a product guy who actually designs all the wireframes and he gives like, you know, how the user progresses through the features. But in terms of edge cases and um, other things that we might miss because we don't have a large team, so we're not able to do a lot of user research or testing. Um, I take care of all those and that's where my design skills really shine because I'm able to go in, take the wireframes and as I'm building the feature, a lot of things come up as I'm building and things like error handling or, you know, what if the user does this instead of that? Oh, we also need this feature as well. And I can make a lot of design decisions on the fly really quickly and I don't need to, you know, ask for someone like, hey, is this a really good idea? I just implement it and then 
show it to the team. We iterate on it. If it doesn't work, we have discussions. So it's, it's been a really good process in that way because it's, there's not a lot of back and forth. It's um, we just have yeah. to do it and then we talk about it and see if it's a good idea or a good implementation. Good. Okay. I mean, yes. And you mentioned obviously earlier that you can obviously release features with flags. So you've got a, a subset of beta tester users, if you like, to actually validate what you've delivered into production. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Okay. Um, Annie, can you share with us your worst career moment and what you learned from that experience? Yeah. So there's definitely been some really stressful times when I've not known how to do something and then you get overwhelmed and I get caught up in my head thinking I'm the worst developer and like, what am I even doing in this field? But here's a story that does come to mind. When I was being interviewed for my current company, Pastel, I had a week to do my tech challenge. I had to create an app from scratch, which used a couple of APIs, proxies, and technology I was largely uncomfortable with and didn't know about. Now, at this point, I hadn't touched React in over a year. It wasn't a technology used at my current job, in my then current job at a WordPress company, and my JavaScript was also really rusty. And not only that, I was also moving between two cities at the time, and I had burnt my right hand pretty badly from Steam from a cattle. So I had a week to relearn React and JavaScript, get comfortable with APIs again, move from one place to another, work at my full-time job, and try not to you know, use my right hand so much. So, <laughs> yes. yeah. so needless to say, it was a pretty stressful, um, one of the most stressful weeks of my life. Um, I remember a night just like in tears with a friend and I was just telling them they should just, I should just tell the company that the tech challenge is way beyond my capabilities and I'm not good at that. I'm not good enough or I'm not near where near that level. But he was really encouraging and I went for a really long walk after that. And then when I came back, I worked really hard over the weekend. I somehow managed to finish the app, submitted it. And hey, I guess it worked out because I got the job. But yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so I think the lesson I take away from this is that we're often more capable than we think, especially in times of, you know, stress and pressure, and taking breaks are really good. Exactly. Exactly right. So yeah, sometimes that that sort of break away from the screen, a break away from the problem as well, because obviously you need to sort of clear your mind and reset. Um I think that can make a big difference. Yeah, they often say, you know, if you can't figure out, sleep on it, take a walk, and then while you're doing that, the solution to the problem, like, mysteriously appears. (laughs) Yeah, it can happen. Okay, Annie, can you maybe tell us about your career highlights so far? Yeah, so this is something I haven't publicly shared yet, but I probably will at some point. Um, About Two months ago, I turned down an incredible offer by one of the really big, large American tech companies in our field. And this was a very like monumentous moment in my development career. So I so often feel like I'm not good enough or I don't know enough, but I went through six interviews to secure this offer. And that was a really big moment in terms of winning against imposter syndrome not to mention the fact that I was able to secure this offer two years after graduating from bootcamp. And this is something that I will always hold dear to me. You know, when I'm having like a rough time, I know that I I can be like, I did this. So I had spoken to a lot of people from a network and I reached out for a lot of opinions 
And I was really able to think through a lot of factors and ultimately turn down what many people would say was a dream job at a dream company. And it was an incredible incredible opportunity, but it just wasn't my opportunity at this particular stage of my career. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So not right for you, not not at that moment in time. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So, you know, I'm very proud of the fact that, you know, I know the values that drive me right now. And at the end of the day, I was very intentional when thinking about my career path and making that difficult decision based on what makes sense to me. You know, I was like owning my journey and not letting other people tell me what I should do because, you know, only you can decide who you want to be and where you want to go. Exactly. Absolutely. You've got to own your career. That's exactly right. Mm -hmm. And what excites you about the future of IT and careers in tech? Yeah, so something I remember very early on when I was exploring getting into development um, is that the ability to code and have an understanding of how the internet is built and works is like having a superpower, really. Like digital literacy is an incredibly empowering skill in today's you know, modern world. Um, I think like, you know, kids growing up these days, they're very comfortable using phones and iPads, but there's a difference between knowing how to drive and understanding the mechanics of, say, automo- automotive engineering. So being able to use a product isn't the same as being able to build the product. And I really believe that, you know, in the IT field specifically, this is a really exciting and, you know, a really exciting skill and superpower to have. You're literally shaping, like helping to shape the future of the internet. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Yes, I think it, it, it is a, a very good skill to have, definitely. And I think, although you're right in terms of the fact that obviously using you using technology is not the same as actually being able to develop and deliver and and so forth that's not the same but but i think the opportunity for people to come from you the user experience if you like and then because they understand the concepts it's much easier and probably now to become a, a part of the it industry yes definitely it's really opened up doors for a lot of jobs it that has. weren't there before very much so yeah we're going to go into the reveal round now we're going to find out a little bit more about you and the way you think are you ready for this yeah go on so what first attracted you to a career in it so to be brutally honest it was finances yep yeah i had a i was in a really rough spot like financially after moving to toronto from japan and after like so long trying to kickstart my design career after a long hiatus, I was working, you know, minimum wage jobs to make ends meet and it just wasn't sustainable and pretty horrible to be to be honest. So I was looking into everything possible and I knew that healthcare and tech were two industries that weren't going anywhere anytime soon. And I contemplated healthcare for a while, but I didn't feel like it was really something that I could fall in love with. And funny enough, like neither was development, to be honest. I could write some HTML and CSS at the time, but I never really wanted to do it seriously. Still, you know, I did my due diligence. And after checking out some free workshops in the city, I decided to take a part-time course. And that was when it really just like started to be a viable option. And honestly, my adjacent background in design has been very valuable. So 
yeah, 100% the desire to achieve financial stability in my life was the main reason that I got into IT. Good. Okay. And what is the best career advice you've ever received? So this was something that came up um, in conversations with the with my bootcamp operations manager when I was still at bootcamp. It was my graduation day and we were talking about life after bootcamp. And I asked him the question, okay, what are some traits in, you know, the most successful developers that you've seen? And, you know, he's seen, you know, hundreds of students go through the um, curriculum at this time. And he told me three things. So the first was that they actively put themselves in situations that expand their skill set. People who make the most money might not necessarily be the best at everything, but they know a lot widely. The second was that they're also very involved in the community and they have a large professional network of people they can draw from. And finally, number three was that they have really good mentors that they can count on. And when we think about mentors, a lot of people think, you know, you have to have a formal relationship. But to be honest, some of my personal mentors don't even know that they're my mentors. A mentor just, you know, someone who's a bit ahead of you in the field and someone you feel comfortable asking for advice so they can guide your decisions when you're having trouble. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, the three great pieces of advice, definitely. And, and the final one in particular, that the mentors are not always people you have a direct relationship with. They can be people who you follow by example, or you may follow through social media. Um, yes, and they can definitely. just give you that impetus, if you like, and that sort of that sort of guiding light that you can follow. Yes, definitely. Those three things, um, three pieces of advice have been very useful for me in the last two years of my career. Yes. And what is the worst career advice you've ever received? (laughs) So I'm I'm like really happy you asked this question. And this is an advice that comes up very often in popular culture. And that is the advice that you should follow your passion and do something you love so that you never have to work a day in your life. You know, the idea that passion should be the driving motivator for your work and career choice. Now, I know there's definitely exceptions and outliers, but I feel that this passion argument is fundamentally flawed and it's actually very detrimental to many people getting their jobs, um, getting good jobs that might not necessarily seem like a good fit at the beginning, but, you know, end up opening doors to incredible life satisfaction overall. Um, If, you know, if I had followed my passion for traveling and I worked as a teacher in Japan for many years, like making minimal wage and while I have no regrets about that career-wise, it probably would have been a smarter idea for me to have gotten into web development earlier because that's something the world needs. And then, you know, worked in Japan doing that instead of being a teacher making minimal wage in Japan. Yeah. I can understand that, definitely. I mean, that's a conversation we could have in a whole podcast episode about <laughs> passion in terms of, you know, how you should go about following your passion or whether you shouldn't or you know it's it's a conversation that, that that I'm sure we could argue either way oh absolutely i this is something that i'm personally very interested in but i i feel like you know following your curiosity is could be a bit more useful than following your so-called passion yes i think there's far more to it than just you know i have a passion for something and therefore i'm going to do that it, it's, exactly it's, yes there's far more to it than that and if you were to begin your career again, would you do anything differently? You know, in 
terms of the path I had to go down to get to where I am now, honestly, I wouldn't change anything. I feel like everything I went through to get to where I am today was necessary. And I don't regret all the traveling I've done, all the experiences I've had. However, specifically for you know web development, one thing I would probably change is all the times I wasted getting caught up on you know, Twitter and social media instead of working on improving my skill set. Now, don't get me wrong, the unexpected growth of my Twitter account has been extremely beneficial to my career. And I've been able to connect with like amazing, talented people and, you know, talk to you on the show here. But I do think that a little less time spent on it and a little more time spent on actually improving my skill set would probably put me in a slightly better position um, than I am currently in terms of my confidence right, with exactly. my work. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's probably one of those things that you need to balance, don't you? I mean, social media has a value um, and it certainly can help you in your career. But of course, if you get sucked into it too much, it can be detrimental. So it's a case of understanding what that balance needs to be. Absolutely. And it's really easy to let your worth be determined by, you know, the number of likes and followers. So it's a very easy trap to get caught in. Yeah, but there, but we could, we could go on about another episode about this <laughs> as well. But um, it, it's all vanity metrics, isn't it? When it you is. look at it like that. So um, I think it's, yes, it, it's, it's, as you said earlier, really about sort of making a, sort of a, a difference by contributing to the community um, and being engaging in that way. It's not really about the uh, the vanity side of, of social media. Yeah, but the people who develop social media are so clever. They've definitely gamified all the platforms where you oh, feel yes. like you have to, you know, get those likes and followers. So, yeah. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> right. Okay, so what career objectives are you currently focusing on? So I'm currently focusing on getting better at JavaScript and React in general, as well as so I'm a front-end developer, but I'm also trying to obtain back-end and DevOps um, dev knowledge. Um, my CTO said to me in a one-on-one not too long ago that there is a possibility of being you know, VP of engineering in the future sometime. And while I'm not sure of whether to stay on the in- individual contributor path or later go down the management path, I know that both of them requires me to have a certain level of mastery in my field. And yeah, I'm very excited about this to just learn as much as I can and get really good at my craft. Good. And what's the number one non-technical skill that has helped you in your career so far? Yeah, great question. I would say the ability to ask for and take constructive feedback without getting offended has been extremely beneficial. Um, One of, I think this was a skill that I gained from my years of doing art and design, you know, my years of art and design schooling, because over and over again, the work that we did was presented for feedback. And through this process, we got better and better at our craft. So recognizing that critique on my work is not critique on me as a person has been able, has made me be able to incorporate feedback much easier and improve much faster. Absolutely. It's it's always worth considering as well that when you're providing feedback to somebody else, that you provide it in a non-personal way. So it it is specifically about the work and not about the individual. So although you're right, 
absolutely, I agree with you that, that obviously when you receive that feedback, it is about what you do. It's always remember, it's always good to remember when you're providing feedback to provide it in a way so that the person doesn't feel it is about them. It is it is only about their work. Yeah, yeah. Is is like being able to separate yourself from your work um, has been a process that I've you know as a designer had to do over the years, and I think that's served me very well. Yes. Good. And what do you do to keep your career energized? So at our job, our tech stack is incredibly modern. I work with Next.js, Redux, Webpack, TypeScript, and on the front end. And the reason I bring this up is that while I'm really fortunate to work with all these technologies, they're also very technical. And I'm someone who came from a creative background, and I never thought I'd do programming as a career. So one of the things that I do to keep my career energized and fun is to make sure that I bring that creative side of things into my work. I used to do a lot of CSS art when I had more time at my previous job. But last month, I finished a series of SVG animation workshops taught by Cassie Evans, who is amazing, by the way, and she works at Greensock. And, you know, we get so caught up trying to keep up to date with everything happening in tech and learn all the things so that we don't fall behind. But it's just been so long since I built something for myself, you know? So it really felt like a return to the core of who I am, like doing something that's just me playing and doing something that's bringing me joy, while at the same time, honestly, still learning some incredibly useful skills. Good. And what do you do in your spare time away from technology? So before the pandemic, I used to travel a lot more, but actually, yes, as everyone, as everyone probably (laughs) used to travel a lot more, (laughs) but actually last week I was on Vancouver Island and I spent a few days hiking in the wilderness and it was just incredible what it did for my mood and getting away from the screen. And it's also a really good reminder for why I'm working so I could, you know, enjoy these experiences. Um, Nowadays, I still try to do hikes in summer and snowboarding in winter, but I also read a lot, and that's been something that I've always loved doing. So I read nonfiction too. There's a really nice quote, and I just want to share it. Um, I read nonfiction to raise my floor and fiction to raise my my ceiling. Let me say that again. I read nonfiction to raise my floor and fiction to raise my ceiling. That's a good way of putting it. Yes, and it sounds like as well that – you quite like the active and the relaxing. So you you do a bit of both. Yeah, it's interesting because I've always thought I was introverted and um, recent, not too long ago, I found out that I was actually extroverted, which is a strange thing to be a developer because most developers are probably introverted. But because I love reading a lot, I thought I was introverted. But there's been arguments that um, reading is actually a extroverted activity because you're literally putting yourself in the book and imagining all these, um, you know, situations and everything. So that's not as passive as it can be. Yes. Yeah, that's interesting, isn't it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Annie, can you share with us a parting piece of career advice? Yeah, definitely. I would say try to have fun and enjoy the process. I know sometimes things can get really tough and you want to quit and move to Antarctica, but if you can see that struggle as a tiny, you know, blimp in your overall story, it really helps to put things in perspective. 
I swear development is one of the few jobs where I can be simultaneously wanting to, you know, throw my laptop out of the window, but I'm also enjoying the struggle at the same time because I know the rewards <laughs> yes. are really big. Maybe you can relate to. Yes, a bit. <laughs> yeah. And then I think we all I go think, through those moments. Oh, definitely. I think it's just like part and parcel of this career choice. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But just one more extra thing. I would also yeah. say um, definitely let the world know what you're doing. You may be, you know, the best doctor in the entire world, but if no one knows about you, are you really? You know, you're not able to make an impact if you're not in an environment where those skills can be utilised. Yes, that is true. Yes, you've got to mm-hmm. let people know what you're capable of doing, definitely. Mm-hmm. And Annie, how can we find out more about you and connect with you? So my website is anybombani.com and on that you can find all the various links to CodePan, Hashnode, GitHub, YouTube, etc. I'm very active on Twitter as well. Well, fairly active. My handle is anybombani underscore and I keep my poly work profile pretty updated with the things I do and all my blogs on Hashnode. And anybombani is A-N-N-I-E-B-O-N. M for mother, B-A-N for Nelly, I-E. Great. Annie, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. It's been great chatting with you. Yeah, it's been a pleasure, Phil. Thanks so much for having me. Hi, Phil here again. Well, I hope you enjoyed my conversation with today's guest. You can find full show notes on the website at itcareerenergizer.com E and the number of the episode you've been listening to. If you haven't already subscribed to the show, please make sure that you do so that you get episodes automatically downloaded to your device every Monday. Thanks for listening and have a great week. Thanks for listening to the IT Career Energizer podcast. To find out more about building a successful career in IT, visit itcareerenergizer.com.